Welcome to the first episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I am Elizabeth, and today I am going to tell you about how I became a tour guide. The dream of becoming a tour guide was written down in an essay in fifth grade. I knew what I wanted. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to leave where I grew up. But I also knew that there were a few things that I had to do before I could leave. I needed a basic education, so I did a business degree. I went to business school for three years. And I also knew that I needed to know languages very well. The more, the better. After graduating from business school, I moved to Geneva because... Geneva is French-speaking, so my everyday life happened in French. And I started working for an American company so I could practice my English. In the evening, I took Greek lessons at the University of Geneva because I had a plan. Actually, when I look at it today and knowing what I know today, I had a goal. And today, as a Life coach, I always tell my clients how important it is to have very, very clear goals. My goal was very clear. I wanted to be a tour guide in Rhodes in Greece. And you see, as they say, when you know what you want, the universe will conspire to get it for you. But of course, you have to do something about it. So I placed an ad in a magazine. It was a women's magazine called Annabelle. And I think it came out every two weeks. And I believe that it still exists today. And how big are the chances that somebody would actually read that probably two or three line ad? But I got a call. I got a call from somebody in Bern who told me that she goes to Rhodes every summer and works there as a tour guide for a local agency and that they are always looking for people who are multilingual and if I want it, we could meet up and she could tell me all about it. So the next weekend on my way back to Lucerne from Geneva, I stopped in Bern, we had a meal she told me all about that job in Rhodes. She gave me the name of the owner of the agency and the phone number. And I called him. Funny enough, about 10 minutes into that call, I realized that I had a job. I had spoken to this man for maximum 10 minutes. It was probably the weirdest job interview that I ever had in my life. But he agreed he told me, come to Rhodes in March and you can start working for us. And that's what I did. Of course, I had to quit my job at the American company first. And they were not very pleased with me because I wasn't even there for a year. But I was determined. I wanted to go to Rhodes. I had a job. In March 1980, I traveled to Rhodes on a Balear flight, I remember, there was never any mention that the company that I was going to work for would pay for my ticket. So I arrived on the island and I moved into an apartment with 
three other young ladies. One of them was Grace from the UK, who became my very good friend, Carla from Belgium, and the other lady from Switzerland who had gotten me the job. I was at my dream destination. The island of Rhodes is part of the Dodecanese island group and is known for its medieval architecture. The old town is beautiful. It is actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And the Venetian castle and the streets of the knights and the palace of the Grand Masters are just wonderful. But of course there is a lot more to Rhodes than Rhodes town itself. There is this beautiful Acropolis of Lindos. And one of my favorite places, the Valley of the Butterflies, where every year thousands of butterflies gather. They are attracted by the scent of a tree and it is just amazing to look at. Rhodes also has beautiful beaches, especially on the East Coast and in the South. I was actually back in Rhodes when I was driving my car, which I had bought in England via Switzerland to Cyprus when I moved here many years later. And the ferry boat stopped in Rhodes for a few hours and my husband and I went to lunch in the old town. And as I was sitting there in this town, I remembered my first season and I realized how far I had come because that was like... 11 years later as a tour guide and many more years of life experience later. But let's go back to my job. Soon after my arrival, I started working in the office. And that's when I realized that I don't think I had made myself very clear during that job interview. I wasn't working as a tour guide. I was working in the reservations department in the office. And I wasn't very keen on that. That wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want office work. I wanted to be out and about and I wanted to meet clients and go on excursions. And thank God they realized that I spoke all those languages and they also understood that it would be a good idea to use me for what I was planning to do, to use me to go to the airport and do all the stuff that I wanted to do. My dream had finally come true. I was a real tour guide, even though totally untrained. I had absolutely no idea what I was supposed to do. When I think of the training that I got later on when I started working for those Swiss tour operators that I worked for, and those weeks of practicing and training, I don't know how I did it. But I guess somebody just showed me and told me what to do and off I went. And being kind and humorous always helps through many difficult situations. The company that I worked for represented so many small tour operators who didn't have enough people to send their own rep. And this is what we did. We had a sign with all the logos of all these companies on it. And sometimes I went to the airport or to a hotel and I didn't even know who was going to come and see me or who I was picking up. One of the most hated flights that I had to do was this bloody morning flight, which was leaving Rhodes at seven o'clock for Athens, which meant that people had to be at the airport at five. And that meant that I had to leave home at 
So most of the time, basically, I just went from the disco, hoped for a shower, changed clothes, took my moped and drove to the airport. Yeah, I had a moped. And that's another story, more about that later. It was my and Grace's means of transport. Another funny experience that I had at the airport one day when I was waiting for somebody, these people came towards me and they said to me, yeah, you are, this is the company that we're traveling with. Um, Here is our hotel voucher. And um, I didn't, I wasn't expecting any more people. And I looked at their hotel voucher and I realized that they had actually gotten on the wrong flight. They were supposed to fly to Corfu. They had come from Germany to Athens. And at Athens airport, they must have confused the departure gate. And they ended up on a flight to Rhodes instead of Corfu. And all the way from Athens to Rhodes, they never realized that they were flying to the wrong destination. So you can imagine what that means. In today's world, one would just take out the cell phone and make a call and find a hotel for them and arrange another flight. But there were no cell phones when I was a tour guide in Rhodes. And it was July and all the hotels were fully booked. So it took me a long time to sort these people out to find them a place to stay and a flight to the destination that they were planning to go to. Other obstacles that we had were overbookings. Because the large tour operator who had a regular flow of tourists, they of course always got their rooms. But our small companies who only sent a few people in July or August were not taken very seriously. So when the hotels had to overbook somebody, it was us. I remember being at the airport with some Italian clients. And at that time, my Italian was not good. And I had to explain to these people, who had probably booked this holiday half a year or a year in advance and were looking forward to going to this hotel, I had to tell them, Sorry, guys, you cannot go to the hotel that you booked. It's overbooked. We have found another accommodation for you. I don't know how long you're going to go there for. Maybe you can move to the hotel that you booked or maybe not. Okay, that sounds a little vague. Maybe that's not how I said it. But you have to imagine how these people felt. So I remember that one time when this Italian man wanted to throw his suitcase at me. And I just started crying because I was so young. I was only 19 and I was doing this job. But I guess whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Another one of my jobs were accompanying excursions. There was this one excursion that I hated at the beginning. It was a boat ride to the island of Simi and to the monastery of Panormitis. Simi is also an island in the Dodecanese, part of the Dodecanese group. And it's a beautiful place with these colorful neoclassical houses. There is no airport and one can only get there by boat. It's very small 
And this monastery on the other side, the monastery of the Archangel Michael, is one of the main pilgrimages of the Orthodox Church. The first time I went there, I thought, oh my God, this is so boring, spending all this time on this boat, watching people get seasick. And then when I got to the island, I didn't know what to do for two hours. But of course, I started learning my trade. I became friends with the boat owners. And they had a place, they had a lounge for themselves. And that's where I used to go and sleep. Because one of my biggest problems during my summer in Rhodes was that I never got enough sleep. I was either working or in the disco. So that solved one issue, getting that, those couple or two, three hours of sleep during the boat trip. And the other thing that I found out was that restaurants like tour guides, because they knew that wherever the tour guide went, the tourists would follow. So they invited me for lunch. We had reached a point where they were actually waiting for me, calling me, fighting over me. Who would offer me the lobster today? And I remember all those terms of endearment that they called me. Gardiamu, my heart. Goritsakimu, my girl. Guklamu, my doll. And I was delighted. Not only did I get a free, delicious meal, but also a couple of hours of sleep. So my not very much liked trip, excursion trip to see me, turned into a retreat day. And I really, really started liking it. There were other excursions that I had to accompany. It was a boat night or a busuki night. And that's where the love, my love for Greek music comes from. I absolutely love Greek music. And many of my friends here in Cyprus don't understand that because here in Cyprus, we are not so, exp okay, we have Greek music, but it's not the same. You have to be in Greece to appreciate Greek music. And I learned a lot of Greek listening to songs. I had a tape of Yanis Barrios and I listened to all the songs. I knew every word of some of the songs that were sung on this, uh, on this tape. During July and August, we had an arrival every Wednesday morning at six o'clock. It was an El Al Chambo with about 350 tourists arriving from Tel Aviv. I used to be absolutely terrified of this arrival because these tourists were very, very demanding and difficult. And of course, at six o'clock in the morning, their hotel rooms were not ready. So our agent had this fabulous idea to take them to the nightclub of the Rodos Palace Hotel and organize an information cocktail with them. Nobody was interested in hearing anything at six o'clock in the morning, but it was my first experience in public speaking. At the tender age of 19, I was standing in front of 350 Israeli tourists, trying to sell them our excursion program. And they had not, didn't have the slightest idea in buying any excursions from me. All they wanted was to go to their rooms or to go to the beach. So my first selling experience was no success and probably 
I am still a little traumatized from that. But of course, we had a lot of good times. I spent my days off with my roommate Grace and we both had a moped and used to drive to these beautiful beaches in the south of the island to a place called Gennady, very far down. We used to snorkel and swim and at lunchtime try out one of those tavernas in the middle of nowhere where people were so friendly and the food was fantastic. The best and freshest Greek salads with feta, olives, with tzatziki, which is a mixture of yogurt, cucumber and garlic. We used to eat melinzano salata, which is an aubergine dip, or taramasolata, a fish roe dip. Sometimes we had fresh calamari or sometimes we had something from the grill. And we had so much fun. It was such an amazing time. We loved our food and we danced it all off in the disco in the evening or at one of those many beach parties that we attended because sleeping was not on our program. Many times we went, as I said before, straight from the disco, home for a shower, change of clothes and to the airport. I earned practically nothing and worked 14 hours a day, but I still managed to go out. I don't actually remember how much I slept, but definitely not enough because once in a while the waiters at the Aquarius Disco or at Mike's Pub, and I don't know why it was called Pub because it was a disco, used to have to wake me up because I had fallen asleep in the corner of the disco with all the noise on. That's how tired I was. At some point in autumn, when I was completely exhausted, I asked the owner of the company if I could stop working and stay on a little longer to enjoy the island because I didn't really have much time before. But he wasn't a very nice person and he informed me that the only reason why I had received the work permit was because of his connections to the police. And if I wanted to stop working, I could leave the island. So it was more or less modern slavery. My dream job turned into a modern slavery job. There was no EU at the time and wherever we worked, we had to apply for a work permit, which was sometimes a long and complicated procedure with a lot of paperwork, which made absolutely no sense to me. But it had to be done. And I stayed and worked on until the end of October and there was a very funny incident before I left. I think it was the week before I left. It must have been raining and I was out on my moped and there was a square with a little gravel on it. And as I was turning, I fell with my, off my moped and I really hit my knee. And guess what the square was called where I fell? It must have been destiny because it was Cypress Square. Cypress Square is the place where I ended up, the place where I am married, and the place where I am living now. It must have been a sign, and I believe in signs. So this was my first crazy summer in the tourism industry. I had learned so much. I had met other tour guides who were employed by their companies in their own countries. I met tour guides who were employed in Switzerland, 
who had a proper salary, they had a meal allowance, they had insurance, their flights were paid. And I was finally old enough to apply for a Swiss company as well. And this is what I did. I wouldn't want to miss my Rhodes experience for nothing because I appreciated everything so much more. Because the next summer that I started working again as a tour guide, I was employed by a Swiss company and I went to the beautiful island of Skiathos in Greece. And this is what I am going to talk about in the next episode. So stay with me and wait for more because I had a lot of fun in Skiathos as well. And it wasn't all rosy like I thought it would be when I started working for this Swiss company. Thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe, comment, like and share this podcast with your family, loved ones and friends. I would love to hear from you. If you like what you hear and want to know more, check out my Soul Guru Lifestyle program on my website, www.thesoulguru.com. Sorry, that's, that's, forget this.